listening to The Red Tales, the Red by Moddy Body podcast, which candidly celebrates the messy and iconic parts of our teenage years and our bodies. From juggling changing friendship groups, dealing with first heartbreaks, and waking up to changing body parts, our teenage years are filled with the most defining and often cringeworthy moments of our lives. Luckily, we're not alone. Red by Moddy Body is sustainable, easy to use period underwear for tweens and teens. It gives us the best protection against period leaks and stains so we can ditch pads and get on with living our best lives. I'm Sasha Meany, your host, and every fortnight I'll be joined by a young Aussie who isn't afraid to open up about the all too relatable moments from their teenage years and how they lived to tell the tale. They say you never forget your first love. But for many of us, it is the sting of first heartbreak that sticks around for even longer. I was completely boy mad in high school. I'm curious in everything that I do and romance was no exception. The first time I felt truly heartbroken, I was in year nine. I had a massive crush on my best friend for a year. And then when we eventually started dating, I was over the moon. I was so invested in the relationship and I threw myself into all those warm, glowy feelings, completely blind and trusting. But after a month, it soon became obvious that he wasn't feeling any sparks towards me. Eventually, I just flat out asked if he'd changed his mind. He had. I was gutted. I cried for ages. I don't think I ever stopped caring about him until a whole year later. It changed the way I viewed myself in future relationships because I was left wondering, is that how feelings work? Like, would future friends or boyfriends just all of a sudden change their mind about me and it would be over? And to be honest, I still care about that experience, but this time it's different. When I look back, I'm proud of myself for wearing my heart on my sleeve and being brave enough to talk about my feelings, even if it meant getting my heart broken. Thankfully, I'm not alone in suffering heartache during my formative years. As it turns out, very few of us are. Today, 23-year-old Tiffany Wong shares the tale of when she got her heart broken. I was in year nine, so I think I was about 14 years old. I was a bit of a nerd, so I went one day to support my school at a debating tournament. And I didn't actually have a debate that day. I was just supporting the school and my friend's sister. And after the debate, I was just there with my friend and then I saw a boy in a cadet uniform. And I was like, oh, I've never, never spoken to a boy that did cadets. And I was like, okay, I'll just go up to him and I spoke to him. And we bonded over the fact that he also didn't have a debating tournament that day. He was supporting his sister and that we both recently did Da Vinci Decathlon, which is an academic gala day. So it was both very nerdy. So we had a lot in common. Not really, but at the time it felt like a lot. And essentially we added each other on Facebook. We just sort of talked online, didn't really know what to do. And then one day we decided to try and meet up but he had never really gone outside properly. And so I went to Chatswood Library and he went to like Gordon Library, but he didn't have a phone that had mobile data. So I thought I was stood up and it was like tragic, 
But it was fine. And then we talked online and it was fine. And it kept going on like that. And then one day he decided he was going to make me something on Minecraft. And so he wrote my name into like the blocks and then he posted on Facebook. Then I was like, oh, what's going on? Like, it's public on Facebook. Oh, everyone thinks we're dating. But I was like, what does this mean? Does he like me? Because at the time I was like liking him. And then... It was actually Valentine's Day. I was sitting in Latin class and then my year coordinator came to knock on our door and she's like, Tiffany, I have something for you. And turns out this guy had sent me a bunch of long-stemmed roses, but he didn't have his name on it. On the note, it was like, Tiffany, have a great day, smiley face. And I was like, who sent this to me? I don't know. I was like really confused. So I was like, I have a great idea. I took a photo with these roses and then I posted it onto Facebook and he was the first person to like them. So I was like, I knew it. This guy sent them to me. So I was like, I'm pretty sure he likes me. It makes sense. And he's always asking if there's anything he can help me with. He revealed to me accidentally that um, he had been stalking my Tumblr. So I was like, this is like, this is it. So it, it went on for a really, really, really long time. And we also like went on to like model UN camps where there's plenty of opportunity to sort of like sneak in like a little kiss or something or hold hands, but it never happened. And then we had like a little drama because he was talking to my best friend at this model UN camp and not talking to me. And it was like drama. One day, we like just sort of started drifting apart. There wasn't really anything that kind of brought it on. And like, there are specific moments that I remember, like we went to another debating tournament and I was telling my friend, oh, like this person and I used to talk every single day and we're not talking anymore. And, like, and then we went up to him and I was like, hey, what's up? How are you? How's your debating? And then he just was like, hi, and then just didn't talk to me. And so I was like there awkwardly with my friend and we had just both been ignored. So it was really, really weird and it kept going again. We also had different tea. So this went for a whole year, right? So I was like, I don't know what's going on. He hasn't talked to me for a few months. And then suddenly as well, I got a text being like, Tiffany, please come to formal with me. And I was like, what is going on? Like, you don't want to talk to me. You're inviting me to your formal. And it was just so confusing. And um, it felt like everything I was doing was futile. Like if you send a message, you kind of got like a one word answer, like, okay. And I felt like I was like, putting all this effort and energy into trying to keep contact with someone who was just like not want, wanting to keep contact back. And it was just like really, really confusing. And I was like, is it me? Is it something I've done? Is it him? Has he just like changed and doesn't want to be friends anymore? Or like, was it his friends? Like, have they said something? Because um, when, when we were there with his friends, like his friends sort of like kept teasing him about it. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on and like shed a few tears but like not it wasn't like a huge sob because it wasn't like something like it wasn't like something had broken it was just sort of like something sort of drifting apart and you just don't really know how to deal with that. I just spent a lot of time sort of wishing a lot of things like thinking like I would think like a specific moment sort of made him like turn off and not want to talk to me anymore. Or like I'll be like, maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe I'm not all these things. And essentially, yeah, it just sort of was at a point where it's like, 
there's nothing I can sort of do about it. I don't really know how to interpret the whole situation. So what I kind of did at the time was sort of try and write a story about it. Like I, I wasn't much of a writer, but I tried to like write about him. And it was just sort of like good to kind of have all of my feelings like on a page, just sort of being like, they're valid. Because I think that's like one of the hard things is like when you have a lot of emotion and no one else seems to be like going through the same thing as you, you don't really know like like what that means and like so just having them on a page just made it like oh okay it's like legit like I'm actually having these feelings and that sort of thing yeah it was, it was just sort of really bizarre because like it wasn't like he was at my school um so like no one really knew who this guy was so I was just sort of like having to process it by myself So when all this heartbreak was happening, I was in year nine, so I still, you know, had to go to school and that sort of thing. But kind of just being with friends was good because it was just sort of like you were actually going out and doing things. Like some people, you know, they actually need to like take time off and just sort of like like do self-care by themselves. But like at, at that age, I was like, I don't know what self-care is. So it was just sort of good to have a distraction for a little bit. And I was still doing, I was still like, being really active in the school community, doing like debating, doing all of like um, rowing and that sort of thing. Like it was really intense, but it just meant like I was actually doing stuff for myself. I mean, in hindsight, I probably, if, if the similar thing happened to me right now, I'd probably have to actually take time off. It's like, you know, it's a really heavy burden. Like you don't, you don't really know. Yeah, like it's just so much feeling that you're sort of like, you just need to sort of sit it's it's just sort of weird I think like a lot of people have different coping mechanisms and mine would just sort of be like you need to kind of take time off and sort of like sit and think about what's happening and then just be like okay that happened I'm going to carry that a little bit every day but it doesn't mean I have to like stop and do everything I am a little bit of an amateur songwriter. I do write songs about people. I haven't actually written one for a whole year because I've started dating someone. Hello. <laughs> but, um, yeah, essentially, like, I would sort of write... Writing is just sort of a way to kind of just have your emotions out there. I also cry a lot, but, like, I think crying's really good and I purposely watch, like, sad films or, or happy films just to make sure I'm emoting because I think... Um, bottling your emotions in is, is, isn't good for, for you. With regards to like my first heartbreak, like it was just meant like writing and also like that was, I guess, I was the first person in my group to sort of have any of like this super negative emotions about like a crush essentially. But yeah, so it was just sort of good to sort of talk about it, but it just meant like I was having that difficulty with my friends because they didn't really know what that was. Yeah, so that's why it's good to kind of, you write it, you read it and you're like, okay, it sort of seems silly, but it's it was legit to me. I think rejection as well, like when you kind of get older, like so I'm 23 now and like you get a lot of rejection from like jobs and, and I'm also in acting, so I get a lot of rejection at casting calls and it's like it's right to your face. So you kind of, in a sense, you sort of like have to build up that thick skin. Like you, you don't really want to, but you kind of have to. And... It's, it's obviously different when it comes to a relationship. Like it really kind of pierces through that because it's like someone's rejecting you for you rather than like you for your ability. But yeah, it's kind of the same thing that like you're like, okay, like it's just happened and now we have to take a deep breath and move on. 
if I were talking to my younger self, I'd probably be like, this is your first heartbreak and there's going to be plenty more to come, which is really sad when you think about it. But it's true. Like, like you, you know, at year nine, I was so young and I was like pinning all these hopes on this one dude who would never really speak again. And then you get to like 18 and then you have another boyfriend and it's like more serious and then you've got more heartbreak. So you know, while you're young, just try and enjoy yourself. Like, I, I, it's probably really cliche to say, but just learn from all your experiences. Like, it's going to be your first heartbreak. It's going to be your first, like, holding hand, your first kiss, like that sort of thing. So you just got to learn from it. And then, you know, when you're older, hopefully, hopefully you meet someone that you get along better with. But even then, like, even now, I'm just sort of like... I'm so I'm dating this guy at the moment. I'm like, it's great. It's going really well. Like we've been dating for seven months, but I'm like, it doesn't mean that we're going to spend the rest of our life together. And I think that's something it's, it was really difficult to deal with. So I had this like whole picture that I was going to be like a Disney princess and you find that one Prince Charming and then you live with them forever. But I think at a certain age, I was like, it doesn't really happen like that. And once I sort of accepted that I was like able to kind of enjoy dating and be sort of more free and I didn't feel so restricted like I didn't feel like oh I have to find the one. Let's be real. Rejection hurts. When you finally collect the courage to tell someone you like them and they don't like you back it can feel like the end of the world. You've spent all this time and emotional energy fantasizing about what it would be like to be with this person only to get a big fat no. Ouch. Whether you've recently gotten rejected or have yet to go through the ups and downs of young love, it's really important to know that rejection will happen to everybody. Literally everybody. Even the person you admire from afar who looks like they've got it all has been rejected before and will be rejected again but we promise it's not all bleak, gloom and doom. In fact, the future is 100% bright. When it comes to rejection, the way we react is as unique as our fingerprint. Some of us may feel like crying or throwing up. We may vent to our best friend over a whole tub of ice cream or we'll bury our head under the pillow. Or if you're like me, you'll lock yourself in your room and you'll declare very loudly that you're never, ever, ever going to pursue romantic affection of anyone else ever again. As tough as it is, rejection is an inevitable part of life and applies to more than just our high school crush. We can get rejected when we try out for the football team. We might run for school captain and lose to someone else. We may apply for a Christmas casual job and not even get a call back. It can happen any time you put yourself out there in unfamiliar territory and kind of scream, here I am, take me or leave me. So yes, rejection and heartbreak are definitely inevitable. What makes rejection worse is that we feel like there's something wrong with us. We believe that if someone doesn't pick us, it must be because we're not smart enough, good looking enough, qualified enough, or just plain not good enough. These thoughts are normal, but we shouldn't believe them. The most important thing to know about getting rejected is that it's usually not about you and it doesn't reflect your worth as a person. Just because your crush doesn't like you back doesn't mean you're not pretty enough. Just because you didn't get the job you wanted or get into the football team doesn't mean that you're not smart or talented enough. 
Know this, friends, you're more than the person who didn't like you back. You're more than the number of workplaces that have said no. You're more than the number of times you're rejected as a teenager. What's important about getting rejected is that you were brave enough to go after it in the first place. You were brave enough to tell someone that you cared about them. You were brave enough to apply for the job or try out for the team. You were brave enough to step up and be a leader. The world needs more brave people who dare to go after what they want. So if you've been rejected recently, we are super proud of you and we encourage you to keep being brave. After all, just because it didn't work out this time doesn't mean it won't work out in the future. Thanks for listening to The Red Tales, the Red by Moddy Body podcast. If you enjoyed tuning into today's episode, related a bit too much to the story, or learned something new, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. If you're curious about how Red by Moddy Body underwear protects you against period leaks and you'd love to give it a try, visit the Red by Moddy Body website at moddybody.com red. You can even join the Red Squad by signing up on our website to receive exclusive VIP offers. Because you've tuned into our podcast today, we're giving you a special offer that's exclusive only to our podcast listeners. Simply use our special code PODCAST and you'll get a 10% discount on any Red product, excluding bundles. Lastly, to keep up with all things Red, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Red by Remember, life is messy, but your period doesn't have to be.